Before you came in, oh, we were talking about when you're like deflecting, like some dickhead is just like, "Oi, that's your mate." No, that's your mate. That's your. And then it just devolves into, "Oi, that's oh, you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys do this as a kid. I do this with my brothers all the time. Like, if there's some like ridiculous, dumb, moronic character in the ad, and like, "Oi, Ben, that's you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When your mum does it, and it's like, "Oh, have you seen that?" After that, it's just it's so it's so Ben. <laughs> mum burns. <laughs> You've had some mum That's a mum <laughs> I think a mum is like really quite lame, but because of who it comes from, it like it's it really of... gets you to your core. Or, like... or it's just like super honest and truthful because not someone not used to making a burn. They don't quite know that it has to mm. be... They can't just go ham. Those pants might look like an idiot. <laughs> oh. That's a mum Or just like, yeah, like, you never had many many friends in primary school, did you? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's it. No, it's it's something really cutting about your past yeah, that yeah. you just wish you'd forgotten, but yeah. mum hasn't forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was always the worst runner in the family. <laughs> mum! When you <laughs> when think did we that race? you're cool, then she brings <laughs> up high school. Oh, that's a mum And with that, I think we're ready for the season. I think, <laughs> so was, I think it's time to set it off. Bring it close to my lips. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. All hail the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm going to be one of the four voices that you are hearing for the next Season! Hmm. Season four, baby! I am here once again with my loyal compadres, Mr. Adam Buncher. I've missed you guys. I've missed us. But it's not just us. We also got Andrew McDonald. Yes, that is that is that is true. I am it's here true. to see you. Yeah. He's here. But even with the three of us, like <laughs> even as this it's power trio, we need something a little bit spicier to just throw a, on a, there. A little and, bit danker. Yeah, and it doesn't get any danker than your friend and mine. Your mate. Your mate. <laughs> Apple Spiel's own Nathan Harrison. Hello. Yeah, quite, hey, the, yeah, quite the wind the up. Blazer no. himself. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, this is a new season. Uh, maybe Nathan's not blazing. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> new season. He's, new a man of, he's a man of many new hobbies. So, new year, new we. <laughs> <laughs> if he is a blaze lord, then uh, he's going to have quite a time with our first entrance in the Hottest 100. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to kick us off. For the 1996 Hottest 100 Golf Clap, thank you. We are going to be talking about Mr. Ben Harper for the very first time. This is a song called Gold to Me. You look like gold to me And I'm not too blind to see You look like gold Said you look like gold And you make me in the 1996 Hottest 100 with a song called Gold to Me. All right, we're going to be talking about Ben Harper for the first time and he will be coming up uh, a few times throughout the 90s and into the 2000s. We are just kind of discovering uh, Ben Harper at this point and he would go on to become an Australian institution. Literally, 
if it's a calendar year in Australia and Ben Harper is not toured, has that year actually happened? He's here like all the fucking time. Sometimes we'll just sneak in. Like, I'll just, I'll just completely. Despite our like stringent quarantine, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you have anything to go? Fruit? uh, Are you Ben Harper? No. Do you have Ben Harper with you? Yeah, it's like no, because if you say no, you can just walk through fine, and you probably won't get checked. He gets smuggled in by innocent criminals. That's how it works. If you say if you say you've got Ben Harper, that's when you get pulled up on airport security, and you're in a terrible show. And is that case yours? Yes, it is. Are there diamonds on the inside? So yeah, we're dealing with a with a young Ben Harper here. I believe this is from the uh, Fight for Your Mind record, mm-hmm. which um, I think is the last one of him as a solo artist before, before he the Innocent Criminals, Innocent Criminals came Criminals in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Through the Innocent Criminals, like uh, he became like a blues fest staple, and also had like a career boost of sorts with that. You know, like those chill out compilations. Mm. So, like Jack Johnson, Xavier Rudd, Donovan yeah. Frankenrider, previous uh, person we talked about, G Love. G Love and Special Source. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, so that whole crew, man, like that, that just went nuts at like the start of the 2000s. So, it's like interesting to go back to a time when he was just like a young up and comer, you know, getting his name out there with this, you know, kind of soulful, bluesy kind of deal. I can totally see this song not being everyone's cup of tea, but I really like Fight For Your Mind as a record. I think he's made some pretty decent records over the years, like uh, the album he did with Relentless 7, the Diamonds on the Inside record, uh, the stuff he's done with the Blind Boys of Alabama is really, really beautiful, and this super early stuff when he's just... On the bluesy stuff, he's really like angry and soulful and like really cuts into a really cool part of his... Uh, musicianship even on these like cruiser tracks like it's catchy and like it's pretty easy to get into like i remember when we started last season and we were doing the talk in seattle whatever the fuck mm-hmm. you make a million dollars yeah, yeah. last year's number 100 Todd yeah snyder by your mate snyder. um yeah and we were just talking about like oi this is the most number 100 song like it's just <laughs> totally. such a like simple like easy way to kick into the countdown and i kind of feel the same way like i can just imagine everyone around you know like the radio or whatever and this one comes on it's just like all right oh, here we go nice. it's an it's yeah, easy nice. it's yeah, like it's a, a it's, it's a soft in. start yeah. yeah 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 exactly it is as even to the afternoon yeah that's right so yeah it, like, it kind of invites you yeah. to crack a beer straight away it's yeah like, oh Oh, yeah, all right, this one. Cool. Yeah. I didn't realize how sunny it was today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This so, is going to be a nice afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might go to Blues Fest. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I am at Blues Fest. <laughs> I have this dream where it's some Ben Harper and Jack Johnson are both at the airport. It's just like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Blues Fest. You're going to Blues Fest, but I'm going to Blues Fest. <laughs> Wait a minute. So this is what that? it feels like when doves cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but who's, who's headlining? Jack Johnson? But you're Jack Johnson. Oh, I thought I was Ben Harp. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have the most laid back duel ever. <laughs> Whoever can play the least amount of notes yeah. wins. <laughs> One C chord to win them all. <laughs> muted, palm muted C chord. <laughs> Don't even, strings aren't yeah, even yeah. vibrating yeah. there. Such a tough enchilada filled up with nada. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, look, um, I'm, I won't put all my cards on the table with with Ben Harper just yet. Like, well, I kind of feel like you have put most of them out. Well, you like, don't know how many cards there's, there's, he's got. St- there's, there's still there's still more to talk about, obviously, because like oh, he's going to come up again, like a, a fair couple of times over the course of the countdown. But for now, like I, I'd like to throw it to this crew because like I'm going to assume there's probably not a whole deal of love of Ben Harper in this room. Buncher, like, you're a coaster. You would have been around dudes that, like, froth this shit, right? Well, yeah. Well, to me, like, this was very much... And you mentioned that that period in time where it mm. was like, I don't know whether this that was a global trend, but it certainly was a trend in Australia, the early yeah. 2000s and that coastal acoustic chill thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone is aware of that. That that happened for everyone. You couldn't escape that. And I was coming to it from a learning to play the guitar point of view. We mentioned last season about those guys that always showed off by playing Taylor on the acoustic guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. No, man, guilty it's as, your boy. Guilty as it's, it's your boy. But not like all of it, just... just... <laughs> I guess boring from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, where are you guys going? <laughs> I'm not finished. <laughs> oh, that one chord, like that, like weird, like C7 that just makes it sound like he's completely out of key. <laughs> 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 
That's a great coin. It <laughs> makes it sound like he's fucked it up. Just like, oh, damn it, that wasn't the key I wanted. He's never got it right. That's the secret behind the song. And so, like, you really have to look at it in context because it's so, so easy to go like, oh, God, it's this coastal thing. It's just like frangipani stickers on the back of cars and people who have never not been sandy. I don't know what it is to not have sand. But this is where that came from and this kind of happened before that kind of happened. So it's important to get your ducks in the right order. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to make fun of Ben Harper as a cultural entity than it is to make fun of... Ben Harper as a musician because yeah. the, the, like, this song is fine obviously there's nothing there's nothing terribly egregious about Gold to Me like th- that's what I have to say about it really is that it's 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 the equivalent of of a really like it's slipping into body temperature water you just go in and you hardly even notice that you're there it's pleasant it's like you pissed yourself it's, it's pleasant <laughs> in a <different> way <laughs> That's the reason why you can still go to a cafe today, albeit an unimaginative one, and you can hear this coastal stuff still being played because it just, it's very, very hard to feel anything other than just pleasantness. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I really like this though. I like all this kind of music is very, I will never actively pursue it or like rave about it or anything like that. But I, I can't imagine for the most part hearing decent stuff and not being like, this is nice. I'm not going to angrily turn this off or whatever. And I've always found Ben Harper, even just musically, has the strongest links to a, a musical lineage of like blues and roots and oh, soul. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think He's that... a fucking great slide guitar player. Yeah. Oh, and and I think his evident. music is all the better for it. The stuff he puts out has a legitimacy that Jack Johnson and, every, and, and all the white guys don't have. And not just because he's black. Um, and part of that is even on this album, each track on the album was designated a military roundel from a country uh, from Africa and also Jamaica, which is just like a complete trivia thing and doesn't actually influence the songs or whatever. This one was um, Uganda. But I think there's you, just... You can, a, there's you can a feel bit, it. You, well, there's, <laughs> a bit, there's a bit more heritage around Ben Harper yeah. and, and the way he... He makes his music. Do you think it's an, a, a real heritage or do you think it's a play at heritage? Like how... I think it's real. Yeah, okay. I think you can hear in the music that it's real. Like that's coming from... And I guess that's me again reflecting back cynically because as this coastal thing evolved and went yeah, on, yeah. Like, there was people co-opting that for kind sure, of thing. For sure, but I it think... It was a little bit illegitimate. This, this early on, particularly, there's nothing to co-opt for. Yeah, you're right. I yeah, think. cool. That makes sense. But and I think the music is is really quite lovely. I think all yeah. the parts are layered really, really well. It all sort of centers around that rim shot on the second beat, and it just makes it a really easy song to engage with. I'm reminded of um, so this band, the Slackers, a New York sort of reggae rock steady band. I used to listen to a lot. There was an interview with the singer and the bass player, I think, and they were talking about the best way to make a really sort of dancey, groovy melody is to put in lots of rest notes. The more rest notes you have, the more it sort of builds that groove, which is obviously why John Cage's 333 is the <laughs> dance jam of all time. Um, so, like, explain that drop for, it in like, the club. So, the, so the, the baseline of this, I'm going to get the melody wrong, but it's kind of like... And the rest on that second note lets the rim shot carry the song and that's sort of that's what gives it that groove and I think this song does that really really well and I like the bridge or the second part or whatever the other part is where the band sort of kicks in more particularly I, I love the way that that part feels a lot more structured and Harper's vocals slide away from the beat on that point. I think that's a really, really nice little songwriting thing that he's done. Yeah, that's a good that point. The, like, the beat becomes a lot more rigid and he moves away from it. I think it's very, very nice. And, and the, you know, now I know the difference between gold and brass. I was like, that's a nice line. I can, I can get on board with that. When line. I was first listening to it, I did definitely hear the line, now I know the difference between gold and grass. <laughs> Which was very confusing. Yeah. So the thing about this song, like, like, like you said, it's like the only reason I'm vibing harshly on it is because you've said Adam is the cultural way it was received ten years after it came yeah. out. What, what that style came to represent. Yeah. yeah but this, like, there's nothing bad about this song. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a good like roots rock, yeah, reggae really influenced jam. And like Ben Harper is obviously a really good songwriter. Like, His voice yeah. sounds really good. Like I like. I, he, I mean, at some points, I think it's maybe slightly too affected, but. You know, like he, he pushes, but I, I kind of find that even a little bit endearing as well yeah. because it's just it just all that feel. And I always loved. I'm not a big fan of roots music, but there's something about how much you can hear the wood mm. inside mm. the sounds, and especially on that slide guitar, you hear the the way the 
like there's a, there's what a sort you're hearing of mostly is like tactile nature to, mm. to so the music much. and that so much it's nice and you can just like the way the string you just you're hearing that just go over the fretboard really you're hearing that the just totally. the, there's so much in it that's not note it's yeah. just um it's sound which is really nice. It's like anytime you listen to Yothu Yindi and there's woodblock or whatever, and it just completely yeah, yeah. changes yeah. the tone right, of the yeah. song and makes it feel so much more earthy. All right, well, you guys want to grab a beer, mid-arvo, you know, like, just let's go by the beach, man. Let's just listen to the rest of the Hottest 100. Yeah. And just pass a, pass a guitar yeah. around and constantly play Da-da-dum. Come on, everyone. Number 99, this is Republica with Ready to Go. Number 99 in the 1996 Hottest 100 with Ready to Go. Adam, Yo. you're ready to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, quick question. Who the fuck are Republica? They are the writers of this song, man. They are, <laughs> do you, do you have they... literally any other information about them? <laughs> well, well, shout it out if you do. Yeah. <laughs> well done. You, you can try and find more information about the band, but it's just it always comes back to they're the guys that did this song. Yeah. And that's Pretty- it? Pretty much. These yeah. are they reformed in 2010, and that ref- reformation was centered around uh, re-recording and re-releasing this song, which I think is an okay oh. indication that you probably don't need to reform. <laughs> <laughs> but they did. British guys um, doing this style of music, which they refer to as, and don't you just love it when bands create their own genres? Techno, pop, punk, rock. But I think that's a fair moniker. That's not bad. It does sound compared like other, techno pop. Compared to like, I mean, it's a good description, but I wouldn't be like, "That's that's who I'm we not, are yeah. as a band." I'm not putting it in my ID three tag. <laughs> no, Republica. No. I've got other Myth. bands to organise in this yeah. library, man. <laughs> but they are the writers of this song, which I have to say, out of pretty much all the songs that we have talked about in the course of this series, yes. this podcast. 301 gets, songs. It wow. gets the biggest reaction of, oh my God, it's this song out of all Wait. the ones that we've had. And we've had a, quite a few that have earned that reaction. It took me until the chorus. I felt like an idiot yeah. for it taking me that long. But did you no, get it before yeah, no, the chorus? Yeah, no, 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 no. Got it the chorus okay. as well. Not it, to call you an idiot then. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like a big, dumb idiot. I didn't get like to the chorus. Yeah. When did you? Oh, you did. When I did didn't actually. I was kidding. Uh, yeah. I was like, being ironic. <laughs> I pulled the classic Adam and didn't get into the chorus. What, about what you? a fuck boy. <laughs> this has been going on for quite some time. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> All right. So it's destined to be one of these songs. Like we've already defined the field of what this song is quite a bit. It is this yes. band's only hit. Yeah. It is a massive hit. And it is a song that has been used... In things. A lot. In in a lot of yeah. things. Like most of the Wikipedia entry for this song um, is just listing where you can hear it. And amongst some of the other places. Right, top five, go. Well, the- radio, YouTube, TV. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can hear it on the radio. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think for us, the as Australian audiences of the age that we are. Um, Sorry, international listeners. <laughs> of other ages. <laughs> But um, in Australia and New Zealand, they were used in a couple of television ads, uh, uh, such as Holden's range of motor vehicles from 2006 to 2007. All new, all-wheel drive, Holden Captiva. Go to New Heights. In Mitsubishi, they also use it as well for their wake-up-and-drive advertising <laughs> campaign. For Different the... car. That's fantastic. Oh, they, they predated it, though. That was in 1999 for the brand-new... Oh, so Holden with a swagger Uh Holden I guess, I guess seven years had passed. Uh, yeah. Um, People don't remember what car... They just remember it as being a car ad song. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of other places that you will have heard this throughout the 90s includes, like, pretty much every TV show ever. You can play 90s TV show Bingo with this one. Uh, uh, Sabrina, 
90210 and Baywatch, David. I saw you. No bingo. <laughs> That's for the millennials. Yeah. Wow. That what is up? a deep cut. Deep cut, <laughs> motherfuckers. I am not deep. playing around. So a number of sports teams have also used this as their theme song. Oh, God, of course. Um, you know, sports, went go, to, to, to run out. But I think my number one in my top five, I don't know how many I've listed up. <laughs> <laughs> gives a shit. My number one in my four. top five. <laughs> Uh, for the usage of this song is this is the theme song to a roller coaster. What? Ready to go is the theme song for the Top Thrill Dragster roller coaster at Cedar Point in Ohio. It is played what? in the station of the ride and is heard before launching. Someone works at that. Someone, oh. someone like their job is eight hours of this song. That's hard, probably not even man. the whole song. Probably just the chorus. Yeah, I like quite possibly. Um, what, what's the roller coaster called? The Top Thrill Dragster. That's a really good name for a roller coaster. <laughs> That'd be like a minimum wage high school kid as yeah. well. They were probably born after this song was 100%. recorded. Yeah. yeah. To you me, like that to... number one point that it was used as the theme song for a roller coaster, let that be the guiding yeah. point for this song. Yeah. Let the fact that it's been used throughout se- a series of advertisers, uh, campaigns, throughout the last couple of decades be a guiding point for this song. That, yeah. that to me says more... If you look at it, then then anything else. You know, it's a driven, energetic, fun song that just, you know, it pushes and pushes and drags you along. It has an amazingly effective hook. It, it top thrill dragsters you along. It does. It just, it just, Boom. it just rocks you. <laughs> Come it, on. It hooks itself to the front of your car and drags the car along. The oh, car is a Holden. <laughs> or a Mitsubishi. Or a Mitsubishi. <laughs> Once you've heard it's 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 those things though like yeah. it just it just kind of clicks doesn't it exactly what it is but you know like I enjoy this song I think it's really fun I think the riff is actually surprisingly biting and it's and that and that kind of venom is undercut nicely with this kind of cheeky somewhat ironic kind of persona that the song she's kind got, of she's embodies. got because my thing is saffron the name of the saffron, singer is saffron <laughs> sorry saffron but the way the way they talk about their genre being techno pop punk whatever like yeah. this. Very much feels like a pastiche of things that are popular at the moment in 1996. Like yeah. there's a kind of real bomb the bass element to the beat. She's yep. doing that whole sorry Saffron <laughs> is doing that whole bratty English accent thing. You get what you deserve. Like it's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. got all those parts and and I don't think it. I don't want to be like it's too cheap and manufactured in a lab with the express purpose of being a roller coaster theme song and all that stuff. But no, there's right. a bit of that to it. Like they knew what they were doing in making this as sort of super radio friendly and accessible and, and pick upable as it is. Yeah. Like but and I that, it's this... fine, you know, someone's gotta do that. It's slotting into a lot of, of tropes that are happening in music over the last few years at this point in time, I think. Like the riffs are straight up like 90s pop punk, third wave kind of that thing. And they they do it well. The beats make it danceable. Like this is obviously a successfully written song. It was it was used for all those purposes for a reason. It's got a broad appeal. It's accessible, but with enough like ostensibly ass kicking ability to still have like a rock edge. Like so, it's, but it's but it's obviously it's a very safe song. It's incredibly safe. Which is why I go back to the roller coaster again because it's like it plays it being threatening or dangerous, but it's not. It's safe. And, yeah. and I, but I think that is perfect for it. Like <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah, this this is truly the like summer roller coaster of songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay when you're on it, but I'm not queuing up again. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> oh, so yeah. you don't you don't enjoy this track. I wouldn't queue up for it. I'm gonna queue up. Yeah. I'm gonna wait half an hour to listen to this song. Particularly if the song's playing in the queue. I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. though, like I'm not at the ride yet, but I still hear the song playing for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I wonder if that's the case. Of course it is. Like they're gonna oh. use directional speaker. That's a new technology, Adam. <laughs> that's expensive. No, but the whole time that you're standing in the queue though. Probably. Baby, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but I'm not. Well, I do have to say though, like through it all, I think I look favorably on this song. I have a lot of oh, fun. Yeah. I have a oh, lot of fun definitely. when it's on. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, well, the thing for me was like, it, it definitely was a. It's this. It's that song moment. But it was kind of like, oh, it's that song. It wasn't like, oh, it's that song. I don't know. It just didn't have that impact on me. Maybe because I I didn't hear it when it first came out. You know, mm. I've only ever heard it through those other like snippets. You know, it's just like yeah, I never heard it as a song. Yeah, it as a I've never been to a Republican geek. No. <laughs> hey, you know what? The I... Nathan Harrison story. <laughs> <laughs> the everybody story. You know what? I I draw a weird parallel to with this song though. And I never thought I'd be bringing these guys up in the in the course of the podcast. No, in, in the context of hip hop. In the, it's not even hip hop this time. You guys remember the Rogue Traders, right? Cause 
Yeah. Course, How could I course. forget yeah. the fucking road trains? Exactly. I, I, I was in high school in 2000s. Of course I remember the road trains. Aren't Republica just like a more competent yeah. version of what they were trying to do? Yeah, I think do? so. Yeah, and yeah. To, down to the like, this song's going to be using ads forever. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And Republica I know, I just... came up with their own riffs. That's that's <laughs> mm. something. Yeah, because both a, of yeah. the Rogue Traders, uh, actually, all three of the Rogue Traders' biggest hits were samples from other songs. Yeah, <laughs> which, to be fair, I think if if you're entering the market as a an ad band, that's a great way to write oh, songs because shit, that's yeah. gonna like. Oh shit! Yeah, but yeah, look, the vibe in this room is that none of us are gonna go out of our way to listen to this again, right? I wouldn't object to if it, if I heard it. No, right. no, and and I think I'll appreciate knowing a bit more about it when it inevitably comes on again. Uh, in an ad, yeah, it's but, like, oh, it's ready, it's ready to go. Yeah, it's ready to go. There it is. I, I know of the verses now. I can think about some poor kid in Ohio who is earning like five bucks an hour <laughs> and has to listen to this eight hours a day. Worst Shouts out ever. to that guy. Yeah, hit us up if, you, if you're listening. <laughs> if you're the, yeah, on the on the uh, in the very likely scenario <laughs> that you are a fan of this podcast <laughs> with hundreds of listeners, we got you, fam. You're doing God's work. Yeah, yeah. Tweet. shout out to the staff of the top three drag yeah. stuff. Got love tweet for at you. us at hottest one hundreds. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll treat we'll, we'll tweet back at you. Big old at RT drag and stuff. a fav. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I've got to go to work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Number 98, this is the return of Tori Amos. This is the Armand Van Helden remix of Professional Widow. In the Triple J Hottest 100. Uh, for 1996, uh, number 98, that was Professional Widow as remixed by Armin Van Helden. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think within the with at least within the first two episodes of last season, we were talking about a remix. Uh, I think it was the Pet Shop Boys remix of Boys and Girls ah, by Blur. Blur. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are we are back into remix territory. I mean, this is not getting in as a Tori Amos no, song. No, this no, is no, so far really away. No from one the gives a two shakes of a dog's dick about Tori Amos yeah, at this, this point. This, this is an Armin song. Like, apart yeah, from like 100%. apart from like the five art school girls clutching their folders, that was what Cornflake Girl. On oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think it's not until the slow bit halfway through that it's even really recognizable. And it's like oh, what the song is yeah. a remix. Oh, song. It's, oh it's, even that, it's your it's mate. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you aren't seriously familiar with the original track, you wouldn't even pick it as a remix. No. You're like, it's just a techno song. Yeah. The and samples, like, the, yeah. the source material happens to be from a Tori Amos song. I certainly throw on the list and I'm like, oh, I actually know that Tori Amos song. I like that song. It's like harpsichord nope. rock. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, I'm like, oh, I know this from like a credits to a show or like an ad. Mm. Like it's re- that, and it's definitely something. It's not like, one of these songs. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I had that feeling. Those, those beats mm. are very 90s beats. Yeah, yeah like, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's not my jam as a song, like because it's, I'm not into that kind of 90s house music. But like, undeniably, Armin is a really good remix. Like he did, he did a really good job with this because it doesn't sound at all like the, the frankly brilliant Tori Amos original song. And the fact yeah. that it sounds nothing like it is credit to him as an artist. Yeah, but, totally. Because because it, it still works. Obviously, everything about it works. What it's doing, but he's not doing it for me. So you'd be you'd be dropping the original in your DJ set. Yeah, yeah, fully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearing yeah. the fucking dance. The, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the no, the no dance. You want to start river. this version and then just like, <laughs> oh man, this immediately just struck me as like 
this is so 90s rave, you know? Like, you can imagine, like, the fisheye lens just fucking... <laughs> like, and then just you and McGregor just going, choose life, choose a big fucking car, you know, just all, just in the background somewhere. Oh, do we do we talk about Slip, Born Slippy? Yes, Dude, we that's, Very that good. shit's like... I, I'm pretty sure that's top 10. I think Great. so. I like, can't wait to talk about that, listeners. Lager, lager, lager. In the meantime, we're going to be raving around this one. And, yeah, like, uh, I think it's fascinating that this song got transformed the way it did. Sometimes you just never expect songs like this, having heard the original, to get turned into a dance track. Mm. I was thinking about this the other day for... um, Do you guys know Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega? Yes. Yeah, so like that, the main reason people our age know that is because it got remixed in the early nineties because it's an a cappella song, but yeah. they put a they put a beat behind the do 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 do. They did that without her permission, but she heard it and she was just like, "This is sick. You can put it out." And like it introduced a whole new generation of people to Suzanne Vega's music. And it could well have done that for Tori Amos as well. Just some yeah, rave kids just being like, what the fuck is this? And then finding the original, like, oh, wow. Okay, well, that happened. Yeah, that, you know, that'd like, be an amazing thing, especially yeah, in the pre-internet it's, age. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. a strange bedfellows thing. Like The last remix that got into the Hottest 100 was Flume's remix of Hyper Paradise by Hermitude. <laughs> That's not strange bedfellows. That no, is no. very, very yeah. close territory they, to one another. They know another. each other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love yeah. that remix. Cards on table. I go hard for that. Did a solid job. Like I'm way, 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 way prefer Hermitude over yeah. over Harley. But yeah, yeah both banging tracks. Um, Pokéla dos dos. But you know, you know what my point is. You know, like it's very, very clear that it's just like, oh, obviously those two would work together. One would remix the other. Like, yeah. if Flume had remixed Kate Miller Hyde Key or some shit, you know, just some. Actually, that's a pretty close parallel to Tori Amos, now that I think about it. You just nailed that. <laughs> also, Flume, get on it. Armin Van Helden is Flume of the generation. <laughs> New listeners this season are Flume and that guy from uh, Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> Ohio, Cleveland Mate, Rocks. Maybe that Cleveland is Cleveland Rocks. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Make you think. You can really, you listening think. to Flume's later work, hear but his he was... shifts at the the top thrill drag star listening yeah. to Republica eight hours a day. You can hear the influence of that. I'd also go in for, for a Flume remix of that Republica track too. So, so Flume, you got a couple the of choices, mate. top thrill dragster remix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need to call it that. <laughs> Harley, hit us up. But listening to this, I, I really like, you can kind of hear house music, dance music, being crafted really well into like four or five minute radio songs, mm. which like wasn't always the case. No. And this is a really good example of someone remixing a pop song completely differently, but using those samples really well. Like this is so radio friendly in a way that even if you took the samples away, it wouldn't be, it would just sort of just be a house track and you'd be like, Oh yeah, cool. Like you would never listen to this on the radio, but this remix, you're like, yeah, I can totally see people requesting it, people voting for it. Like, it's it's just a really good single. And actually, just going back to the point that you made, Dave, saying that it's strange bedfellows, it's weird that this came about. When I went back and I did my reverse engineering on this song, having listened to the version that we're talking about now, the, the Trunk Funkin' remix, and yeah. then going back and listening to the Tori Amos original, which, unlike Andrew, I hadn't heard before, hearing the lines that he then samples in the context of the original song... Uh, honey, bring it close to my if you were someone who was widely listening, who was paying attention to music at the time, and were Armand Van Helden, who were looking out for samples, like I feel like it you may think? that may well jump out. See, like I can't do that because I'm because I heard that's originally the Tori Amos song after I was familiar with the Nice Now song Staff Buckers Incorporated. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Which takes a line, like the Starfucker. The Starfucker, yeah. yeah. That line sticks out to me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sample the Starfucker line. And, of course, <laughs> the content between the two songs is very similar as well, because they're both anti-Courtney love songs. Yeah, because cause yeah. Trent yeah. blames Allegedly. Courtney for the the destruction of of his relationship or friendship yeah. with Tori Amos. With Tori. Wikipedia gets a great burn-in by saying, uh, whom Trent Reznor blames for the destruction of the friendship... Brackets, whatever its extent. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. What's going on there? Right, we can right snarky fuck. Trent can have fucking platonic relationships. 
What a dick. Dickypedia. Is there is there a Dickypedia? Please put it on your first degree, Nathan. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> if I go in for this track, there's a lot of things about it that I want in a dance song, especially the swirling, the way that he samples that kind of scream and, it, and, it, and mm. it's really distorted and, and it kind of keeps coming. And then, like, especially the breakdown in the middle, I think, is so cool. And just anytime he uses, like, kind of swirling texture, the bass line kicks. Like, I go in for this. I think, yeah, you say you say it's like an archetypal 90s club track, and I think it really is, and I think that's a great thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No results for Dickypedia. Oh, <laughs> also, no results for Daryl Summers, Rule 34. <laughs> well, that's, that's just depressing. That's uh, an exception and it, that proves the rule. Yeah, well, Rule 35 is if you find that there's no Rule 34, you have to create it. So, David, I expect your evening will be quite oh, busy. Oh, hey, hey. It's your Saturday. hero's journey. It's Saturday, baby. At number 97, this is ACDC with Hail Caesar. First and I believe only time in the history of the Hottest 100, coming in at number 97. How to describe my relationship with the Dakar, Aka Dakar. I believe that from their inception up to about 1980, in that time period, ACDC are perhaps the finest band this country has ever produced. They made consistently fucking great records that transcended pub rock, punk rock, everything in between. And they have, in my opinion, like easily top five greatest frontmen ever in the dearly departed Ronald Belford Scott. Mm. Bon Scott, R.I.P. Just an arsenal of absolutely classic songs, classic albums. So the year is 1995, ACDC are 15 years uh, away from Ronald Belford Scott's death. Uh, in his place is uh, former Geordie vocalist, Brian Johnson, uh, who sings on Back in Black, which is considered one of the greatest rock albums of all time, and I agree, it is a fantastic record. Uh, and then we get 15 years of hits and misses, mostly misses. But I do have to give credit, like, on this record and the record after uh, this one, uh, the Stiff Upper Lift record. Is that where this track comes? Uh, no, this is from an album called Ball Breaker. Okay. Uh, this cool. came out in 1995, and it marked the return of now-imprisoned drummer Phil Rudd, who was, yeah, later arrested not long after finishing a recording uh, another really good and surprisingly underrated album of ACDC's, their most recent album, 2014's Rock or Bust. Uh, which is the it, no legit? <laughs> laugh, it is, it's just the title. I know it's a, oh, it's a shit title, and the album it covers the worst yeah. fucking thing yeah, ever. Not good. And they like, did a video for Playball, uh, the the first single off the record, which looks like it cost about twenty bucks to make. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. It's just oh, like I, if I, that I, album's good, it's good in spite of all of those. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. No, legit, legit. I like uh, seeing the arc, imagining the, the wordle for ACDC lyrics, and just like in the middle, there's rock, rock and, and roll. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Rock, ball, they, and 
imagine rock and roll. balls a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and not just that big one song. I talk about yeah. big balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a classic! That's that's a Bon Scott classic. It right is a there. Bon Scott classic. <laughs> oh, so so good. I just like how they like they constantly skirt very close to being as much of a parody band as Spinal Tap were. Yeah, like yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, I have a question, David. Yeah. In Doctor Who, the 2005 series onwards is often referred to as New Who. Okay. Uh, at least by me, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people do that. Sorry, do I'm, you... I'm just I'm just pointing to one end of the room to the other just to see how fucking <laughs> how how Harrison brings it in. No, no, I'm, I'm bringing it in. I'm bringing in. Is, is there a name for differentiating uh, the Scott and Johnson ACDCs? Do people call it new CDC? Follow-up <laughs> question, can we? <laughs> 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 you can if you want. Uh, Brian Johnson for 35 years has been called the new guy. I guess people just call it like Scott era and maybe. Or yeah, just bon Scott, I, bon I guess Scott. because they, when Johnson just, came on, because Back in Black is so fucking tight. It's yeah. kind of yeah. like, oh, you know what? Jo- Brian Johnson, it, it's still the same as the DC. They still do really good work. But it's still like, it's a different mm. band. Yeah. Uh, like Bon Scott was just, there was no one like Bon Scott. And yeah. Never, never will be. No, I just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah. started writing things. I was like, wait, dude, new can, can we call it that, new That is but, pretty good. But yeah, Brian, but also, jo- yeah, Brian, Johnson, Brian Johnson will always be the new guy. Yeah. Yeah. There are people in ACDC now that are newer than he was, um, <laughs> but and they are still referred to as the new guy. Yeah. It's also partially because he's not the front man in the way that Angus is, particularly after um, Bon Scott. It is 110%... Angus's Angus show. show. It's a fairly unique dynamic, I think, for a band. Yeah, to, for, for to, a very mainstream band like that. Mm, he, he's like their mascot as well. He's like their yeah, Eddie. Yeah, you know, like he, he really appears on, on pretty much all their albums. On the album, you watch, you watch yeah, the yeah. video for this track, and, and it's, it's just Angus him. superimposed into like historical news clips and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very funny. It's yeah. very funny. Like that historical moment when Angus fought Godora. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, not yeah, but but also there's like Thatcher and, and Bush and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah, uh, proud boys in the front. See Angus fighting Ghidorah. <laughs> Keep it up, Angus. <laughs> Very good. We Very salute good. you. <laughs> now, uh, on the on the note of talking about like how Rock or Bus succeeded in spite of itself, I think Hail Caesar succeeds in spite of itself. It's from a mostly shit album. It has that fucking hilariously bad music video, oh. and yet there's just also just like concerningly yeah. Nazi. Yeah, it's <laughs> just. Well, what's going on there, guys? Also, um, this song is literally about Caesar. <laughs> uh, there's no metaphors whatsoever. Like the song "Hail Caesar" by ACDC is just about Caesar. About hailing Caesar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of. I the lyrics are not good. <laughs> no <laughs> shit. It's kind of not about anything. It mentions Caesar, but it doesn't really. That, that said, I actually think that ideas of tyranny and and despots and stuff like that and dictators that's actually really good ground for an ACDC song. Oh yeah, I'd I agree think with you like on that. it really matches the scale of the sound and it kind of right from the start and obviously more Scott than Johnson but like there's a kind of like a convict era Australian it's not quite larrikin but there's a roughness to them and like an underclass yeah, well, thing any, yeah. any like masculinist power display is ACDC yeah, yeah totally, and, and, totally. and that makes yeah. sense for Caesar yeah. but, but also I, I, I think there's a there's an anti-authoritarian idea to the band particularly early on and I yeah, think that sure, also sure, fits sure, really sure, sure. well like this I think this is a really good thing to write an ACDC song about yeah and like they were like trying to switch things up you know like instead of just having you know like a straight up four on the floor kind of song you know like they were incorporating like the blues scale and stuff like that and kind of going back to their roots in 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 that regard uh, instead of making like a straight up rock and roll record like there was a bit more blues on this record and the stiff upper lip record wasn't particularly good nowhere near the best acdc records but like the fact that they had gotten to that point and were just like we can do like blues which is basically like the kissing cousin of rock and roll Mm -hmm. you know like we could just do that and so there's there's elements of that in here and like the fact that it is like a relatively dark song most ACDC songs are like big major chord songs you know thunderstruck is b major like Back in Black is E major. To have this in a minor key, like in, in E minor, and to like play off that blues scale as well, that's kind of subversive for the ACDC mold. So uh, I, I give the song credit for that. Even um, though it sounds like from an outside point of view, it's so similar. Still. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, totally. That was my thing. Like, uh, I, I am only bringing this up because I'm probably the only one who's like 
probably listened to ACDC in any degree of depth. At the same time, I, I do have to be very, very clear that this is one of those tropes that has come up in the history of Hottest 100s and Thousands. This is 110% of vote for the band. This must be like the tail end of people, other than hardcore ACDC fans, this must be the tail end of people really caring about ACDC releasing new music. Like I said, yeah. 15 years of Johnson, it's after Thunderstruck mm. as well. It's oh, yeah, yeah, like... yeah. So their last mm. major commercial hit yeah. at this point, like away from, you know, just like selling out tours because they're ACDC and getting a number one album because they're ACDC yeah. uh, was the album The Razor's Edge, which has uh, Money Talks and Thunderstruck mm. uh, and, yeah, a couple of other, like, relatively big songs. And a song called Are You Ready, which was featured in a car advert. Hey, Are you right. ready for a good time? Oh. <laughs> Are you ready for a good car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good car. Oh, yes, God. Obviously, the message we're getting is it's just, like, you need to be ready for cars. Are Make it happen, people. <laughs> Mash that shit up. Flume? Yeah. <laughs> At Flume. At Flume. Criticizing this song, like, like, for, like obviously, the hugely powerful chord, like the wrist structure, like having a solo towards the end, Brian Johnson's powerful, strained delivery that he has nailed to perfectly. Like, the things that everything that ACDC does for, like, particularly late period ACDC. New CDC. Yeah, New CDC. <laughs> criticizing them for, like, those kind of things. Like, it's like... It's like criticizing a fridge for being cold. Like <laughs> it's what it does. Yeah. Like you, it's not. There's no point in being critical of ACDC for those things. Like they're, they're not my favorite band. I have like a fan cobbled together best of in my music library somewhere that I'll never listen to again. <laughs> but like I have, if someone's like, "Don't listen to ACDC," like I have. AC, everyone knows enough yeah. ACDC. Yeah. Yeah. To be familiar with ACDC. Nobody's yeah. thinking like, nobody hasn't heard of them or, no. or know them. Like they're like, or know what they sound yeah. like even. Yeah, exactly. They're like one of the most ubiquitous bands yeah. in popular music. Yeah. And like there's there's a reason for that. Like totally. what they what they do, they do obscenely well. But mm. they know exactly what they're doing. Like they, like they themselves have made that joke about like... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So uh, Angus was once quoted as saying, I'm so sick and tired of people saying that we've made 12 albums that sound exactly the same. We actually have 13 albums that sound exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. They, they know who they are. That's coming back to what Nathan was saying about, you know, dipping in every now and again to the, the parody. You know, like, mm. yeah. they just yeah. skirt it's on a, the edge of it. They, yeah, like, they to, know who they are. That's like, wonderful. To, 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 like, making fun of them or being critical, it, it, like, there's no point. When, when they sleep with many beautiful women on their piles of money every night, <laughs> they'll, they'll be like, oh, damn it. A blogger said we weren't original. Oh, <laughs> yeah, a like, blogger oh, in 1996, too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, a BBS forum user yeah. said we weren't original. A GeoCities user. <laughs> yeah. um, the Space Jam website. Yeah, there, there, uh, this is not my jam. Like, I, I, I like the big ACDC hits, like yeah. everybody. I have two E's and a heart, don't I? Like, I'm kind of with you, man. And <laughs> you I think... have two E's and a heart. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of with you, man. Like, I, it's so easy to be seduced by this song. And I think, like, especially because of the big, powerful yeah. aesthetic Hell. that they're playing with and yeah. whatever, that, that, yeah. that big it's group sing-along chorus. Yeah, and I, the part I, I, that I, I particularly love is the breakdown and the way that mm. they bring it back. You're placed with a position inside this countdown where it's kind of like, well, you know, here it is. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're enticed to either compare it to other ACDC songs or other songs in the countdown, but really you can't do either of those things either. So you have to kind of say, well, here it is. Yeah, yeah this, mm. is, this, is Hail, this is Hail Caesar. You can either get seduced by it and enjoy it, or you can sit there and not have any fun. And, yeah, yeah, even like, you know. As much as like when it started, I was like, oh, man. I'm like, oh, this ACDC song. I know this song. Like, this is not one of their best songs. But by the end, like, even now, out of all the songs we're speaking about this week, this is the one that in my head is the strongest memory-wise because I, that, all oh, hail Caesar. Like, yeah. I remember that really well because I know exactly what they're fucking doing mm. to get a hard rock song stuck in your head. Like, now, Nathan, you're probably the one who's most... Into ACDC. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. The, look, mo look, the most I, Caesar-like. But I, I, same sort of thing. Like, I came to this like, cool, how do I come to this as an ACDC, as a new CDC song? You know, I just as long as it has a big riff, 
big chorus, a good guitar solo. Brian Johnson's doing his thing. Yep. Then it kind of works. It's like, that's fine. And really, I think the verse riff is kind of shit. And yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think the the jump up, like the bluesy 12 bar jump up doesn't work for me at all. Yeah, it's just like that. I, I think they could have come up with a bit different for that. But everything else in the song is doing a really good job of what it's meant to do. I actually think like it's it's a good new CDC song. I think that's that's it. That's all for, for ACDC. So uh, any any final words? I was trying to come up with a, uh, uh, um, you can cut this because it's not worth keeping. <laughs> you can't, you, I was trying to come up with a good initialism or acronym for ACDC relating to Caesar. But all oh. I come up with um, was AL Caesar de Caesar. <laughs> so... <laughs> Why would you cut Why that? Why would I cut that? <laughs> At number 96, this is Matthew Trapnell with Trapezoid. This song is called Ella's Uncle. How is this not a trap song? Geek, geek. Trapnel with Trapezoid coming in at number 96. Yay. That song is called Ella's Uncle. And we are stumped. Yeah. There is. Okay, so with some of these artists, we've literally come across like Facebook fan pages dedicated to them with like 200 fans being like, mm. huh, remember these guys from the 90s? Yeah, and we, like, we've lucked out and found a band yeah, camp page. Where yeah, 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 which has been crazy that they've kept all this shit up there. Not so for 1M Trapnel. Mm. Do you know where your Matthew Trapnel is right now? <laughs> so this is a very, very obscure song, so much so that uh, in the description uh, for its YouTube clip, the guy who uploaded it said... What is this? this? No, no, no. no, no <laughs> that would be hilarious. No, it was like, um, I saw that this wasn't on YouTube and that no one can find it. So this is just for people that are looking for a complete uh, yeah. list of songs from the Hottest 100. You mentioned that one YouTube upload, but a further thread. There are a couple of different YouTube uploads. How far down does it go? None far down. Yeah, about as far down as to Matt Trapnell. He, he, the man himself, I am led to believe, and again, not really sure because this is shrouded in mystery, mm. but I'm led to oh, believe that, uh, no, uh, that Matt Trapnell himself actually uploaded a version of this, which I was able to find, and it has a bunch of videos of him playing. Now, I was able to identify him in the clip. So if you watch the clip, he's the gu- he's the ball guy in the back with the guitar and the harmonica. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he pulled out the harmonica. Doing some detective work, I am led to believe in terms of info for this song. From what I've gathered from his other videos on his YouTube channel, he's into just getting guys together and doing this kind of work, this kind of, jam. kind of jam, blues jam. Yeah, I, I saw a few pages for him playing at like you know like uh, small town pubs and stuff, like kind of blues what, jam. Like now, like recently. Oh no, no, I think it was an older page. He's yeah, still yeah. active though. He's still he's still releasing videos, and but still- just. Kind of like he'd go to a pub for a Sunday Arvo and do like a just kind of cool instrumental blues jam for a couple of hours, and that's. Can that's... we hunt him down? 
Well, you can try, but you know uh, this is this is part of the difficult. problem. So I guess like like these kind of artists, like those kind of like who do those kind of sessions, kind of thing like that. It's it, and particularly because he's in the Hostel Hundred, it, it's almost tempting, at least maybe for me as a cynical, mean person, to be like, uh, <laughs> look at this one hit wonder guy. I just got this one song with no fucking history. Like I'm better than him, and I have no history <laughs> in my life, kind of thing. But like. You've been I, in the hottest 100 dozens of yeah. times. <laughs> like, like I, I know, like, Andrew's friends of fine. mine, like, from like, where we grew up, like, I, I know particularly some friends, like, a, a mate of mine's dad does those kind of improvised blues jams at pubs, and, like, he's a really happy man and a brilliant guitarist, and, like, he, that's that's what he does. And, like, I, to a certain degree, Trapped might also do that, and he mm. happened to luck out with some popular crossover and everyone, and he and his friends were like, can you fucking believe that? How, how weird is that? How cool? Can That's hundred percent. Yeah. Like inferring, but his sort of music goals aren't the music goals of someone who wants to be in this countdown. Yeah. No, and just he's just like, Oh, we did this nice track. We should put it out. Huh? Good kind of popular. That's cool. There are some people who make music because they just love doing it as an activity in itself. They're, like, they're, I mean, they're, they're the better people. Yeah, it's, it's like the outsider artists who, when when they die, you find like a huge history of written books and illustrations. And yeah, like, well, they they did it because they liked they writing. Just, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I've certainly been around people who are the opposite of that, like, like people who don't want to write; they want to be a writer. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah, fully. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. and don't get me wrong; I don't think there's anything wrong with seeking success. But I think like if if that's kind of like all you're doing, and it's and it's at that point eclipsing your love for the work and the passion, and then I think it becomes a bit of a problem. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But this, like, this song, like, this is softer and groovy enough. Like, it it's kind of has, like, a, a pleasant, like, instrumental hip-hop feel. Yeah. Like, and, and yeah, I mean, like, that, you know, like, instrumental hip-hop jam, bluesy over some interview samples. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm on board with this. Yeah. So, uh, question. Yeah. Uh, the sample in question... Is that Ella Fitzgerald? I have no idea. But I don't know. If that oh, was like that... an interview about like maybe her like getting into music or something like that. Oh, that like makes that. perfect sense, but I'm not sure. I don't yeah. Know that. That, I that's don't know. kind of what I was thinking. Like I, I thought of the most famous Ella I could think of, that being Ella Fitzgerald. And Yep, it's her. It is? Yeah. Oh, shit. How did you find that out? I googled Ella Fitzgerald harmonica uncle and uh, about this song... Samples a performance by famous blues singer Ella Fitzgerald. Ella says the following, my uncle, he taught me to play harmonica years ago. Dot, dot, dot. There you go. Yeah. Cool. That adds a kind of another layer in terms of them being a blues band. Yeah. Because it was too young cool. to be Ella Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was most, my the first second thought fame, about most it. Or, also from That's the so visuals, wonderful. it wasn't Ella Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she grew up in Louisiana. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to write a song about Ella Hooper's uncle now. <laughs> Do oh, please, please do. do. I'm madly in love with her still, forever. Fair. She's yeah. the best. Don't get yeah. me started. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Right? But I'm I'm fully on board with the the idea of building a kind of. It's not like an experimental blues jam by any means, but it's just like it's got some really nice, yeah. interesting qualities around it. Yeah. Around an old Ella Fitzgerald interview. That's awesome. All I'm picturing now is the guy who I've seen from that YouTube video, like that YouTube uh, channel, and the bunch of the friends who I see who I'm assuming are just his friends who play music, and he met them through playing Your music. Mates. Yeah. You know, his mates saying like, hey, you know, pitching it, being like, hey guys, I've got this elephant's jam. I have this cool sample. Let's Do you want to just jam around this? this? I'll play the harp at some bits. It's Man. awesome. Yeah. And they do, so and then it gets put into the Hottest 100, That's cool. voted in by the fans, who probably started as, you know, friends and, and gig attendees as well, got picked up, played on the Jays, and again, it's we've talked about this phenomena numerous different times over the last couple of seasons, but how wonderful in this early stage mm. of the, the Hottest 100 as a thing and these early sections of the individual countdowns yeah. that then we get these entries that are then, bam, that's it. That is time capsule locked yeah. in forever. That yeah. belongs to the history. We it, have people now who care about what this song is. It's on the CD too. Of, yeah, it's on, it's on the second CD because of Hottest yeah. 100 uh, completionists. Because that, that goes awesome. away as well. That that like that will will notice it this year, I think. But like by 2000, yeah. that's gone. That idea. I mean, of, obviously, like, as, as it gets, yeah, it's a it. little harder to tell. But like, I don't think in the most recent countdown there were many no. things that you know partially because it's so much easier to keep records of everything. But yeah. also, I think the way the countdown works, it's 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 less likely to pick up. Yeah. A really obscure thing that it will never look at again. Yeah. Kind of thing. The thing with this song, the thing that I'm not super... Like, I think they could have afforded to be a little more subtle. There's a couple of moments, like, when the interview mentions clicking and then there's clicking noises. And there's a few too many times when the interview cues the music, basically. And sure. mentions harmonica and then harmonica plays. And probably just personal preference, but 
when I like a song that is doing this kind of thing, like an instrumental thing built around samples, I don't want the sample to directly cue the music. I want to find those connections myself rather than say he would just click his finger and then the sound of five people clicking their fingers. It's like, that's, it's, it's too easy and it's a bit too cheap and you don't need to Yeah, I'm with you, man. My thing is that I, I just wish like every kind of, the end of each bar, I was like, here's where it's going to kick in. Here's where it's going to get bigger. Like if everybody starts jamming on the harp towards the end, it does get a little bit. But just like, oh, and it, does he jam? Yeah. I love oh, the sound he, of the harp. He kills the harp. Yeah. Oh, so good. If maybe around the two thirds mark, if like the beat changed and like, it just like, even kept the same tempo, but just changed like to like a six, eight rhythm or something like that. Yeah. It would have been so much better. Eight, or something, nine, I, think. Yeah. I, I think probably this would have been awesome live because yeah. I imagine it wouldn't have been, the jam would have stuck. been longer and, yeah. and it would have, it would have been organic and, yeah. and changed every time or whatever. Despite those qualms, I still think this is a really cool song. Mm. Like I enjoyed listening to it. I love that it's here. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's one of those things that like the music itself is a bit of an oddity, but like, the first time you hear, a genre of music and you're like, holy shit, I have to find more of this. That delightful moment when you're 14 years old and you first hear a punk song for mm. me. Mm. Or like that moment, like the first time somebody played me Coltrane's favorite things. I was like, holy shit, I have to get into jazz music now. Those kind of moments are so wonderful. And if you found this song and you happen to fall in love with it, it'd be the weirdest thing to try and hunt out this kind of music. Because mm. it, it, it doesn't sound like most other like, instrumental hip hop. And it doesn't sound like most other blues jams. It's a no. real oddity of a song. And the fact that it is here in the Hostel 100 at all is an oddity as well. And that's just delightful. Miss, Mr. Trapnell, like, I didn't know you and I probably will never hear you again. Mm. Fucking A. Yeah. How'd you go Damn with the Deej? Other than, like, being amazing at picking Bella. <laughs> yeah. That's that's that success story of this countdown already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what can I say? I'm fucking Rain Man. <laughs> 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 definitely, definitely, definitely Ella Fitzgerald. Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, look, it's it's fine. Like it it's pretty fucking repetitive, and yeah, like it does. It's like a five minute song that could have been like a three minute song. You know, like there's definitely stuff that could be could have been left on the cutting room floor. But I I do like this little obscure triumph. You know, that somehow beat ACDC. You know, like <laughs> old mate like probably would have had no idea about the hottest one hundred or anything like that. But he just would have been like, can't believe people voted us over ACDC. Yeah. You know. Like, <laughs> a wild thing though we place so much significance on the position of things within the hottest 100 like in terms of 76 versus 75 like because yeah. it's so random like yeah, this yeah. it's 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 organized chaos the hottest 100 <laughs> and it kind of always has been which is why it's partly wonderful and is and as meaningless as those kind of comparisons are they're still heaps fun <laughs> like, yeah it's yeah. still it's yeah, still great to. to ascribe meaning to it yeah it's just a little victory you know like that's that's the, that's the context of this song and that's that's what will stick with you you know it's just like it's a little victory it's just like a little victory that over the course of of time has become i think quite a significant Rara. quite a yeah. significant victory mm. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 you know it's, I mean, it's amazing that, we get that that this. did happen for me in the 2015 hottest 100 where i was sitting there uh listening and i think number 88 came up and i heard uh the sample at the start of party machine by the bennies and I just thought they were using that as like an interstitial thing. So I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, they're using that as an interstitial. But then the song kept playing. And then I was just like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, holy fuck. And I was like screaming in my room because, oh, my, friend, because my friends had gotten in the hottest yes. 100. And my brother walks in. And he's just like, what? And it's just like, the fucking Betty's gotten the hottest 100. And my brother hates the Betty's. So really? Like, oh, we, could oh, do, yeah. we could do a take right here. Of our faces and our reactions when Beck Sandridge gets in. Oh, if we, fuck, if we, I hope so. Because I would love that if she got in with fucking joke. That would be so yeah. good. Well, it's, or High Tide, maybe. It's super yeah. fun. High yeah. Tide, man. So we hope you enjoyed listening to the actual countdown. And thanks for getting the podcast right now. How good was Beck Sandridge in the yes. Hottest 100? Super hey. good. <laughs> congrats uh, to, my, congrats yeah. to the Smith Street Band. <laughs> yeah. Oh, massive Mr. congrats Black. to the Bennies. Yeah. <laughs> Super crap that the Rubens one again. <laughs> <laughs> With the flume remix of Hoops. <laughs> the kids could call it Floops. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. And the start of season four. We're this doing is, this thing. We are doing this We're thing. We're doing what up. we set out to do. Um, all right. Let's pick our, our favorites and our least favorites. Uh, 
going to start with Adam. Yeah, I'm going to say Republica was my favorite this week. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mm. had a lot of fun with it. What was your least favorite? Yeah, well, it's fun, like a roller coaster. <laughs> uh, and my least favorite, uh, you know, I am uh, probably going to give it to Mr. Ben Harper because it's just like lukewarm water. Yeah, okay. Which is fine, but it's hard to get excited yeah. about. Yeah, but it's not refreshing. It's, yeah. least, it's, <laughs> it's the least exciting kind Mac. of song. Um, I'm actually going to say Republica was my least favorite. Yeah, yeah. I see you there. It, it was a pretty, it was a pretty tepid five eps. Sorry, listeners. I mean, they were all kind of interesting songs. But yeah, yeah. No, no, they're, no. They're, nothing. I'm I'm struggling right yeah, now fully. to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's why you're going last. Thank yeah. you. We'll have, we'll have much more to talk about next week. I'm, you're, the, like, you're the teacher, and you're like Nathan's clearly struggling. I, I'm not going to ask him to read out loud because he's just going to he get piss embarrassed. His pants, and, yeah. yeah, he'll get beaten up at lunch and terribly bullied. That's a mumbo. <laughs> uh, I think my my I'm going to give my um official Andrew little thumbs up to uh, Ella's uncle. Yeah, cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, right. enough. Is, yeah. Ready to go, least favorite. Hail Caesar favorite. Um, I'm just gonna give it to my boys. Yeah, hey, boys. Man, I yeah. don't. Um, I guess ACDC. Le- no, no, Republica probably least favorite. Maybe. And, wow. And maybe Ella's uncle favorite. Well, but but Ben Harper is probably number two. There. Shouts to <laughs> y'alls for listening. On behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher. Shouts. On behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Shouts. And on behalf of Mr. Nathan. Harrison. It's good to be back. Shouts. Oh, ain't it? Shouts to y'all. Shouts, Shouts to, fu- to 1996. Yeah, yes. we, we, we chap our trap house now. <laughs> Shouts to Mark Trapnell. Yeah. Shouts to Thugger Thugger. Shouts to Hyundai. <laughs> Shouts to Sid the Dude. Shouts to that kid in Ohio. Shouts to him. Shouts to Leonard Cohen. Shouts to Flume. Shouts to Flume. And yeah, fuck, we out. We are hottest 100s and thousands. Thanks so much for listening. Keep music evil. My name's David James Young. Go fuck yourselves. What? Holden Thunder. <laughs> That's your, yeah. <laughs> Great, Andrew. You've got a career in ad- ad- advertising voiceovers. <laughs> the uh, uh, Holden Hilux or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Toyota Hilux, isn't it? It's not even a Holden Hilux. <laughs> the new Holden uh, fucking gallant. Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> the new wheel. Holden top uh, car. <laughs> it's like, are you ready to go to the shops? Are you ready to go? <laughs> To work, are you ready to go out sometime? <laughs> Wherever you're ready to go, the Holden, the Holden, top thrill drag star, is also ready to go out. <laughs> Maybe I'm ready.